When it comes to energy, a word you hear a lot is reliability. And that's making sure the energy going to your home can withstand instability or uncontrolled events to make sure there's no disruption to service. Well, natural gas plays a key role in ensuring that reliability. And as we look to the future, work Spire is doing in Wyoming can help ensure reliability and energy security. We'll talk about it on today's Beyond the Boots podcast. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I'm Jason Merrill. Today, we'll talk about a Spire project that provides another example of natural gas's role in a sustainable energy future. But first, it's our values moment, where we focus on our values of safety, drive, inclusion, and integrity. And today, we're going to talk about inclusion and a new program that provides insight into the utility industry for not young boys, but young girls. To tell us more is Priscilla Bennett. She is Regional Manager of Missouri East Area Operations. Hello, Priscilla. Thank you for joining us. Hey, well, thank you for having me. Well, tell us a little about yourself. How long have you been at Spire and what roles have you had? I hired into Laclede Gas back in 2007. And as we switched over to Spire, I've been here almost 16 years. Hired into project engineering back then worked under that under field ops for about three years. It switched over to IT. And then from there, I moved over to a regional manager of distribution at the Berkeley location. And then after that, went to area ops uh, as regional manager. Okay. Well, you've had a lot of roles at Spire and, and being here 15 years. Um, you know, um, as a female leader in what has a reputation of being a, a male-centric career path, um, you know, you bring a, a unique perspective to things uh, uh, on diversity, and, and you've brought forward a program that Spire uh, is, participates in with Jefferson College uh, in Jefferson County near the St. Louis area. Uh, talk a bit about it. It's called Tutus to Tool Belts. The program itself, uh, we actually stumbled upon it kind of by accident. We have two co-op students from the Jefferson College, and I was talking to the HVAC instructor, Katie Donahue. It's fairly new, and what they do is they take girls and offer them the opportunity to see demos and hands-on applications of some trades-related careers, mostly in HVAC. This year... We're actually, Spire's going to to take a meter set with a space or a wall heater so they can see what it looks like inside and out. Also do some copper pipe cutting, and then they'll use a pro press to reconnect two copper pieces, a T, an elbow, or a straight edge, and uh, hook those together and be able to take that home with them. Some of the other businesses that Jefferson College coordinates with is having them assist in wiring a light bulb, creating a flower box using sheet metal and tools. Um, They've also used an infrared camera. Uh, The program itself is very exciting. The girls spend several hours just milling around, learning and doing. It's a great opportunity for them to see what HVAC really is. So how old are the girls who are, are part of this program? The girls are middle school. The reason that this happened was Jefferson College was looking to increase their female enrollment in the HVAC and other trades. 
they visited high schools and also had high school girls visit the campus. But what they found was the majority of high school girls have already made their decision about their careers by that time. So what they did was they decided to look at middle school and that's where this program is focused. With inclusion being a core value at Spire, from your perspective, how rewarding is it to give these girls insight into a career path that they may not have thought of before? This is immensely rewarding. Um, I'll be honest, I get a big lump in my throat when I see them doing some of this work, learning, asking questions, interacting with our personnel, because we will have personnel there, actually some females from our field ops. And they, they get so excited and it makes it a lot more attainable for them to understand that, you know, the, these careers are definitely possible. They're out there and we'd love to have them join Spire. Well, Priscilla, they've got a few years, but let's hope so. I think so. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for joining us today on the podcast. Thank you for all you do. Thank you for inviting me. When many think of Spire, they think of their local utility delivering natural gas to their home or business. But Spire has other business units as well. There is Spire Marketing in Houston that buys, sells, and trades natural gas. There is the Spire STL Pipeline. And also in Wyoming, Spire Storage. And that's what we're going to talk about today. They serve a very different group of customers. Rather than directly serving homeowners, they support other natural gas utilities, power generators, and marketers in the Rockies and Western U.S. Now, natural gas storage helps to support and balance seasonal heating demand, but it also supports the intermittent nature of renewable power generation. And that's an increasingly important generation source in the Western United States. So to meet the growing energy demands in that part of the country, Spire Storage is expanding their facilities. And to tell us more is the president of Spire Storage. His name is Scott Smith. Scott, thank you for joining us. Great, Jason. Looking forward to talking to you. Well, let's start at the beginning. Explain what Spire Storage is. Well, so Spire Storage is a subsidiary Spire that owns natural gas storage assets located in southwestern Wyoming. For those that aren't that familiar with natural gas storage, it is natural gas that we actually pump underground, store it in rocks underground, and then pull it back out. So when demand is low, gas goes under the ground, and we store it in the rocks, and then when gas demand is high, we pull it back out. And as these storage facilities are located across the country, Inspire elected to invest in a storage facility in southwestern Wyoming, Spire Storage, and it's a facility that's regulated by FERC. We have market-based rates, which is somewhat unique compared to utility-based storage, um, pipeline-based storage. It's what I think makes Spire Storage differential in the market is we are at a location in the pipeline grid, which is called Opal, that, that general area, where there's quite a bit of Rockies production but more importantly, there's a very large number of pipeline network in that area. So Spire Storage has interconnects with five pipelines to bring gas into the storage facility for storing and then obviously pulling it back out and delivering to market. And so we serve the essentially 
Rockies related production because gas comes in off the Rockies into our facility uh, off the one of the five pipelines and then when we deliver gas we're serving markets really all along the west coast so Salt Lake City down into LA up to um, Portland and Seattle all customers that we focus on which we serve as well as utilities gas utilities electric utilities in that general region of the country Okay, so there's uh, Spire Storage is made up of two facilities. You have Bell Butte and Clear Creek. What are the differences there, and and how do those two locations supply gas, you know, to the interstate pipelines and then to those you know communities you just talked about? So Spire Storage originally was the Bell Butte facility. It was acquired in 2017, I believe it is. Spire then elect started operating it, and then secondarily they bought a facility which was roughly 10 miles away, not quite 10 miles, on the Clear Creek Storage facility a year later. So then now we have two facilities. They are interconnected by a pipeline between the two facilities. They're similar but different. They're the same formation, um, rock formation underground where gas is stored, but the characteristics of those formation are such that Bell Butte is one that has uh, potentially a greater deliverability and uh, both for injecting gas today as well as pulling it out, but it also has um, more impurities in that gas when we operate it compared to our Clear Creek facility, which is smaller currently and has lower capabilities to inject withdraw, but it has lower impurities. But we have the ability to move gas between the facilities make deliveries to pipelines that commingles that gas. So there's a lot of flexibility embedded in the buyer storage system, if you will, um, located in, in Wyoming. Okay. Well, in 2020, Spire Storage began a process with the FERC to expand the Clear Creek site, and the FERC approved that in 2022, and that expansion is now happening. What is that expansion project? Right. So it was, as you said, roughly it was a year and a half process to obtain the approvals from FERC to expand the facility. And so we elected to expand Clear Creek because one, as I mentioned before, it's a smaller approved facility of the two. And I also mentioned that it has um, less impurities or really very few impurities in the gas stream when we pull it out of the ground. So what we decided to do, let's look at expanding the Clear Creek facility which means almost building another brand new facility just sitting adjacent to the existing operations. So what does that mean from the standpoint of a storage asset? You have to put new wells, um, so drill new wells to move the, the gas in and out of the reservoir. You have to put in new pipelines that take the gas from the wellhead into the central facility. Inside that central facility, we have treating to remove H2S, which is hydrogen sulfide. We had treating to remove the water that comes back when you withdraw gas. Um, it's water vapor in the gas stream. And then we also have to treat it for heavier hydrocarbons, which are essentially natural gas liquids that we sell separately, but the pipelines typically don't want that type of hydrocarbon in the pipeline system. And then on top of that, we have compression uh, facilities that we're installing that allows us to inject and withdraw that gas. The last component that we were adding in this project is building a new pipeline between the Clear Creek and Bell Butte facilities. We had one 
um, smaller pipeline connecting those, but we're going to put a bigger one that creates quite a bit more flexibility for us to move gas back and forth between the facilities, access the, the interconnect points with the pipelines that are located at Belle Butte, as well as those that are located at Clear Creek. So a whole host of facilities that we have to install to make it larger and increase the capacity. I'm going to switch gears a little bit as to why we're doing it to start with. And one of the rationales for that, or the rationale for that, is our existing presence in the Western U.S. gas grid and our services that we supply is has great value. We have customers that are continually asking us for storage-related services and actually wanting to increase the amount of storage services that we can provide. And we can't do that without expanding the facility. So that drive from our customer base led us to do the evaluation of whether it made sense to spend the capital to put in the, the facilities, which in turn allows us to increase the capacity. And then over a course of roughly two years, we'll construct that and then go to market with incremental capacity to serve the what the, what we see as growing need for storage services in the West. And I, I did want to differentiate when we talk customers, this isn't somebody in their home. It's it's uh, define what a customer is for Spire Storage. Right. The storage asset, uh, Spire Storage, it serves, it's in the interstate uh, natural gas grid. Um, and that's really a wholesale market, meaning we're providing services to those that are not necessarily direct end users. That said, our main customer base are uh, gas utilities similar to Spire that are basically taking the gas off the transportation grid and moving it to the actual you know consumers, homeowners, con- uh, commercial, and even industrial accounts. But we also do supply some electric generation uh, facilities as well as customers. So they're buying the gas off the pipeline grid and uh, burning it to produce electricity. So it's it's not a true kind of serving a residential home as it is serving either the utility that provides service to that home or a very large, large end user such as the power plant um, are a kind of key focus of customers. And there's a quite a few uh, other entities that are involved in the business that buy and resell gas into those same markets and those are what we call marketers. And so we obviously we, we provide services to them as well. So in those Western areas of the United States, how are we seeing the the evolving energy needs changing uh, where there is more demand for natural gas? Well, it's it's interesting out West. And so it's the question is whether there's really more demand or there's more needs for flexibility services, which is what natural gas storage provides. So Many of you all have seen, you know, that what's happening in California with their very aggressive push to decarbonize the state through limitations of gas-fired generation and even burning gas in homes. So there's a very heavy emphasis there to um, replace that with renewables, wind, solar, etc. But the issue you have is as you grow that dependence on renewables, you create quite a bit of uncertainty as to when those renewables are available. And that un- that uncertainty or volatility of that supply source for electricity has to have some backup, if you will, 
to provide that alternative electricity, which typically is a natural gas fired uh, generation facilities. So what we're providing and why we see the need is the, the changing landscape that's either driven by regulatory related initiatives, policy initiatives relative to natural gas use or the growth of renewables or any combination thereof is going to ultimately create more volatility in the demand for natural gas in the Western US. And that volatility can't be served with just a pipeline. It has to use storage to be able to, to move that gas um, in and out of storage when it's needed or not needed, depending on if it's sunny outside and solar's available, obviously, or, um, or the wind stops blowing. So that's really what's the dynamic that's happening out west and really where we see the the interest in our facility and what's driving that interest. And there have been real world examples of this happening in the western part of the U.S. just this past summer, where during those peak times, the current energy mix put you know California at risk of blackouts and natural gas generation did play a role in, in keeping power going, right? Correct. So you had a couple things happening there. You had very high levels of demand due just due to the temperatures and weather. You had other aspects of hydropower, which is fairly large in the West, was in, at certain times uh, low or not available. That has to be replaced by something when you have very hot temperatures and there's a high need for uh, electricity to run air conditioning. Um, and then you throw on top of that whether the renewables are performing as expected because of the weather patterns in out in California. So you had a whole host of, of, of factors there that were leading to um, a lot of really tight uh, power markets relative to demand versus what's available. And obviously we were you know, providing services to uh, the market to the extent that, that uh, those, those entities needed gas to either burn uh, for generating power or alternatively. So it's it was a unique situation it's, uh, it, and, and driven by how their generation and their electricity supply mix is shifting out west, as well as driven by the fact that they just had some very, very hot weather and they had, you know, different, they had to rely on kind of different sources, if you will, and being renewable to, to meet that uh, load. Well, this discussion overall does speak to the benefits of natural gas. I know we talk about reliability of natural gas, but you brought up flexibility. Uh, talk about the reliability and flexibility that natural gas brings to the table that makes it important to a sustainable energy future. Reliability has multiple you know, meanings or multiple ways of showing where it creates benefits. So you have reliability from the perspective of you're heating your home in the winter. Obviously, you want to make sure your furnace has gas supply to run, and gas as a fuel source is shown to be highly reliable as an alternative, not compared to electricity and whatnot. It's not subject to power outages and whatnot. So you have that as a general dynamic, and that reliability is one where it's reliability to support uh, heating as well as reliability to support the generation of power. The factor that you just mentioned is you've got the variability or volatility of that is still a reliability element, but you've, you again, you, the electricity demand varies over the course of the day, varies based on, you know, uh, need for AC use, et cetera. But the point being is you're going to have volatility in 
demand for natural gas, just given the, the changing resource mix for power generation, driven by how how large a adoption in a particular area of renewables has occurred. And so you just have that dynamic that provides that variability, but gas can be not only a source of uh, that can be variable and provide energy at the time it's needed, but it can also do so reliable and do so via the pipeline grid, which is where the spire storage tends to operate, but also from the standpoint of those that operate utilities can provide reliability through utility operations as well. Well, Scott, it's a great conversation. When will the expansion project be complete again? So the expansion, we started construction this summer and we are expecting to be completed sometime uh, late summer of 2024. Um, We're going to be bringing facilities online um, late in 23, but kind of get everything up and running. It'll be 2024 timeframe. All right. Well, come 2024, we'll have to get back together and do uh, an update on Spire Storage and everything going on in Wyoming. So Scott, appreciate you joining us here on the podcast. All right. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for listening to today's Beyond the Boots podcast. Keep an eye on your favorite podcast spot for our next episode. Until then, stay safe, everyone.